0: this is the g podcast with your host tommy b
1: hey what's up y'all uh this is the g podcast episode 116 y'all give it up for 116 yes mr harvey you see what i gotta deal with sir do you do you see now (laughs) <laughs> do you yeah, understand. You do a magnificent job. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Harvey. For her hey, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna put you on mute, Tanya B, because it's super loud now. Okay. So, okay, we gonna put you on mute for a minute. Okay, hey, hey, y'all. Here's a deal. Uh, we we are uh, trying a new system. We're actually converting over to a new system this week. It's a great system, but a couple of hiccups in it. But we will get through them. We will always get through them. So, so I had to say this, and, and coming off last week, just as we. You know, we get our Super Bowl matchup. Everybody is, quote unquote, in a, in a happy and good mood. L.A. and Cincy are poised to go into the game as we tape uh, next Sunday. Uh, Tom Brady announces his retirement. Then lo and behold, the Miami Dolphins former coach Brian Flores drops this huge class action bombshell lawsuit, uh, including allegations of a pay to tank. The NFL calls it meritless. Then, all of a sudden, as we tape today, Saturday night, they came out with a less aggressive response saying that they're going to look into it, and and Mr. Harvey, as you look in, you're looking at what I'm saying or hearing what I'm saying. How can you call something meritless and you haven't even <laughs> you haven't even done your due diligence in, into what the man is saying? But but I, we're going to get into that in a few minutes. I mean, needless to say, it's just a mess, and and not to mention the Republicans are calling January 6 political discourse. I mean, there's just you know I, I don't know what to say. I thought 2021 was full bar. But 2022 is, I you know, got my fingers crossed. You know, I, I got the uh, the rabbit's foot. You know, I, I got the Bobby Kennedy MLK Jesus uh, <laughs> post on, on, on the wall. You know, I don't know. I don't know, Mr. Harvey, but I'm, I'm looking forward to what you have to say. Definitely bail us out. Help us. Help us, wow. sir. Please help us. But anyway, this is the G Podcast. Each week we do news, politics, pop culture, that piping hot tea from the one and only uh, technical, uh, technically, what do you call it? (laughs) I don't know. He's going to get it right. Technically challenged.
2: Challenged.
3: She'll she'll get it off. She'll
1: get it. But she will be back. She'll be here. The indie Radio Chick. Check out the Bird Wire Friday and Saturday night, 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. Saturdays at noon. Uh, the Country Commentator. Don't uh, just MIA right about now, but I'm, I'm sure he's out there doing his goodwill, repping Columbus, Georgia and, and Forsyth, Georgia. Uh, Ohio is, is somewhere celebrating the Bengals and Bootsy. So Dayton, Ohio, won't be in the building this week. But, you know, we made up for it by having the one and only Wyo. Wyo, y'all give it up for Wyo in the building. Wyo! Yes! And the crowd goes wild for Wyo. Wyo, thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. And Wyo Wyo was early, y'all. Wyo was early, came up in here, you know, on camera, microphone, all adjusted. Thank you so much, Poetic Peace. You got some Poetic Peace for me? (laughs)
2: Oh, yeah, I do. You mean right now? You need it now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm a hold off. I'm a hold off. I'm a, I, I, I'm a hold off. But but thank you so much. I do need it now. I do. But but I'm a hold off. But anyway, um, I'm Tommy B, your host. And, and, you know, check out. I don't know if y'all had a chance to check out. Mr. Harvey was checking out a little bit of it. And I, I was we were about to do the sound check. And he said, no, nah, man, turn the music back on. Turn the music back on. But uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning, uh, I host the Throwback um, Alley, which I mix it up from midnight to 6 a.m. at castropolis.net. You can go there. And on Sundays, you can listen to castropolis.net with my hip-hop R&B club and house. Uh, you know, a little bit of reggae, 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. But again, midnight to 6, Saturday night, Sunday morning, and, and uh, Sundays, 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. It's a nice compliment for... Uh, the Birdwire, which comes on, of course, Birdwire is Friday, Saturday night from eight until midnight, and on Saturday night, Sunday morning, I'm right after the Birdwire, so so definitely check that out. And um, you know, y'all, here's the deal. Uh, first of all, I got to say, let me let me do my quick introduction uh, of of Harold Michael Harvey. Uh, he's an author, political and legal analyst. Uh, his books include uh, My CT Vivian Story, uh, Freak McLawyer, The Duke of Eighth uh, Fourth is Eighth and Vine Eighteenth. 18th and Vine, award winning journalist. Uh, We're proud to call him a friend of the show. Uh, We also keep your links on the podcast page. So when people go on to the podcast page, the weekly episodes, uh, your links uh, to the episodes and how to connect with you at your website, uh, we keep that on our podcast. So uh, Mm -hmm. we do that because, you know, we never know when we have to call on you like today, but it is um, the first. This is actually the first week of Black History Month, our first Black History Month episode. And and we're referring to it as Black History, Black Future. And, um, you know, let's do this. Let's go ahead and do Mike's News, because a lot of what you have to talk about is encompassed in Mike's News. So we'll do the news and we'll come back right after this, y'all.
0: News team, assemble! It's time for the week in news with Syracuse Mike. A judge has rejected a plea deal for two of the convicted killers in the Ahmad Arbery murder. This is the separate federal hate crimes case. Aubrey's parents expressed their objections to the deal through their attorney as soon as they learned about it. The deal would have allowed Gregory and son Travis McMichael to serve their life sentences in federal prison. Federal prisons are generally safer, less crowded, and better funded than state facilities. Aubrey's parents also want all of the men tried. For hate crimes. Wanda Cooper Jones, (laughs) Aubrey's mother, called the plea deal very disrespectful. The third man charged with hate crimes, William Roddy Bryan, was not mentioned in the plea deal. The number of HBCUs receiving bomb threats continued to grow this week. As of last night, more than a dozen schools had to shut down for a period of time because of the threats. No devices were recovered. The list of schools includes Fort Valley State University. The FBI said in a statement that they are aware of the series of bomb threats around the country and that they are working with their law enforcement partners to address any potential threats. The threats this week came after at least eight historically black colleges faced similar threats on January 5th. Thank Hopefully, all of the earlier threats proved to be unfounded. A new poll is out with 77% of people saying that President Biden should consider all possible nominees to fill the open Supreme Court seat. As you know, Mr. Biden has pledged to pick a black woman. And White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says.
2: What we can assure the American public of, um, whether wherever they fell on that poll, is that uh, he will choose uh, and nominate uh, someone who has impeccable credentials and is eminently qualified.
0: The poll and ABC Ipsos poll. And former Miami Dolphins coach Brian Flores is suing the team for firing him. Plus, his class action suit includes the NFL, the Denver Broncos, and the New York Giants. It alleges discrimination in reference to the interview process. The NFL has responded to the lawsuit by former Miami Dolphins coach Brian Flores. Flores accused the NFL and three teams of racial discrimination. The NFL says the claims in the lawsuit are without merit. In a statement, the league adds that they are deeply committed to ensuring equitable employment practices. Flores also claims Dolphins team owner Stephen Ross offered him $100,000 for each team loss in 2019 in an attempt to strengthen the value of the Dolphins draft pick. The Daily Beast is reporting that the co-hosts of The View are not happy about ABC's decision to suspend Whoopi Goldberg for saying that the Holocaust was not about race. In fact, it was. Goldberg has apologized and admitted she was wrong. There are reports that she is also upset about the suspension and may quit the show. Wow. Wow. Uh,
1: You know, I want to talk to you about that, Tanya B., when we get to the tea. I want to ask you about Whoopi. Um, But that's you know, that'll be uh, a conversation for the tea. But uh, again, I want to welcome uh, political legal analyst, uh, Harold Michael Harvey. And, and, you know, first thing first, and, and I don't want to dominate the whole conversation with this, Mr. Harvey. But um, what does this Brian
4: Flores lawsuit mean to you right now? It means that time's up. It, it means that no longer can... Um, Owners of professional sports teams um, pretend to want to uh, to be um, <clears throat> to give head coaching positions to uh, uh, black coaches. Uh, you can't pretend that anymore. Time's up on that. That dog won't hunt anymore. Um, you know, basically, that suit says that um, uh, just because you have the Rooney Rule, which says that before an owner. Uh, can make it higher, they have to at least interview uh, Black coaches for the position. Well, (laughs) you know, so so they did that. They'll call in a Black, but they know who they want to hire. You know, and and people uh, in all walks of life uh, tend to want to work closely with people who they uh, have something in common with. So um, you have 70% of the players in the the National Football League who are uh, uh, Black, and you only have one head coach. But I think the fact that Flores has taken a stand, time's up for that. When a black professional man tells you that he has been discriminated against in the workplace, he ought to be believed. So hmm. it's time up. It's okay. time up for um, sugarcoating this situation about uh, placing black men in leadership. Black men are capable of leading any organizations, uh, any professional sport teams, uh, you know, that you have, blacks can be quarterbacks. They they, they seem, team seem to say that when you that blacks can't be placed in a leadership position. And we've been leading the world uh, throughout our existence. Well, so you
1: know, with yeah, that said on a transition It's Black History Month. You just turned 70. OK, uh, we're struggling with voting rights. Uh, people are questioning why black women need to be on the Supreme Court. Um, you know, many feel the events of January 6th, the uh, insurrection, was just a mere political discourse, and and they should be pardoned. Um, has has the grand experiment of democracy just gone past? Has it failed?
4: Well, you know, uh, democracy failed uh, back in the. Uh, late 1700s when uh, the Continental Congress got together to decide uh, what form this government would take. And when they uh, de- began to discuss what to do with the people that they had brought here and bought and sold and enslaved, and they determined that those who, had, who were in that classification had to remain in that classification. How can you have democracy? Democracy means that when a city-state comes together, that everybody, every citizen in that society has a vote in terms of what the community does. But Mm -hmm. you had a group of people who were excluded from the process. So we never had a democratic society here. Black Americans have been pushing for democracy since 1619. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, to say that it's, it's falling apart now, no. It fell apart in the beginning. We never had it because uh, the founding fathers failed to um, failed to address the issue. Yeah, uh, yeah. because they were slave owners.
1: <laughs> they were slave owners. They didn't want to get get rid of the thing that was breaking bringing them wealth. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you wrote the book by CT Vivian's story, and and you know, and and you, he was you know CT Vivian, uh, you know, rest in power, rest in peace. is no longer with us. Uh, he was your neighbor, uh, a yeah. couple houses down in in the Swats. Um, you know what you know, and your conversations with Mr. Vivian. If he were a young CT Vivian in 2022, uh, who what do you think he'd be saying, and and who do you think he'd be supporting? You know, CT would if CT because you talked to him. You talked to him up (laughs) until his death, so I'm sure he had conversations. And you don't have to share, you know, any, any anything you know closely that. You know, intimately that you guys have talked about when it comes down to this country, but but you know,
4: take away what I'm saying from the from the question. Well, what he do you w- think? He would be he would be doing what he did when he was 20 years old, only more of it. Mm-hmm. CT was about doing what was right. CT was about supporting people who were right. CT was about uh, bringing democracy and justice uh, to America. Mm-hmm. So that's what he did uh, in the 96 years that. Uh, God allowed him to uh, traverse the earth. And if he had come in a in a later time, hmm. and let's say he was he came 20 years ago and he was a 20-year-old young man, what would he be doing? He'd be doing what he did because the problems that he engaged um, 50, 60 years ago are, are the same problems that the current generation is faced with. So he'll be doing what he did. He'll just be doing more of it. Well, you know, considering
1: let's let's take it from that point, considering my, my question about Mr. C.T. Vivian, if he were young today, do you think the civil rights movement, the civil rights generation, that era has misjudged their achievements? I mean, no. you know, because and, and the reason I say that is you'll hear a millennial or a Gen Z call out boomers every day. You know know don't, know. And, and, don't know. And, and I'm just here to tell you, you know, it ain't a whole lot of love. I know. The, I understand. For the I, boomers I, coming from that level, for coming from that angle, maybe I, I, the, the Gen X is somewhere in
4: between. But but what are your thoughts when 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 you hear that? Well, it's sort of like me and my generation saying to uh, to my great great grandfather. Who was sold on the slave auction block in Hawkinsville, Georgia in 1947? Man, if I if I'd been back, back there, I wasn't gonna be no slave. Well, hell. That was the that was the society that he was in. And he made the best of it hmm. so that I could, in my time, make the best of it. So, you hmm. know, we uh every generation has a role to play. And did did, uh, did we did we miss it? No. I mean when, when I was born, you couldn't drink at the same water fountain that a white person could. Hmm. You couldn't uh, sit in, in a restaurant and have a meal uh, that, are, that a white person could sit in and have. You couldn't ride in the front of the bus, whether that was a local city bus or the Greyhound or the trailway that may have come through your hometown. Hmm. And to say that we uh, shattered that, the law of the land when I was born and for much of the 20th century, again, in 1896 was that, that the country, that segregation was legal and lawful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this generation tore that down and created a new law so that the uh, millennials and, and these X's and Z's and whatever else you got behind me could come along and then fashion a life out of that. And until, uh, until the cops went crazy and choked out uh, Gartner in New York and Michael Brown in St. Louis, uh, uh, this generation didn't realize they had a problem Mm. because of the work that boomers had done. Because we changed that narrative. We Mm. changed the world. My generation changed the world. And if you're younger Mm. than I am, and you can't understand and appreciate that and understand how... You need to you can springboard from what we did. like we springboard from what um, people did uh, do it from reconstruction to when they enacted uh, when they when reconstruction ended, and when the government, when the Supreme Court legalized segregation, what we did to break down those barriers. I mean, hmm. um, don't you know laugh at me and and, and and say that we were fools and we missed the mark if you want to. But mm-hmm. if you want to um, to make the 21st century your century, and I believe that the 21st century is the century of people of color or black people. Mm-hmm. And if you want to make that century your century, you know, you uh, you better stop pooing what the millennials did and get on that back and springboard over into or the uh, boomers or what the boomers did. Yeah. OK, OK.
1: Well, let me ask you, um, what do you feel we need to do to, to clear this path, to make it clearer? For the for the for the younger generations, I mean for for the boomers and and your generation, which is partly, I mean, I got one foot in that generation. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a, a an exer boomer, but um, my question is, what can be done to clear the path? You you say, and I agree with you. I think uh, a lot of uh, a, a lot of uh, uh, path has been cleared. We're not finished, but what do we do to actually push this thing forward? we're right on the, if we're right on the brink, what do we do
4: next? What do we do next? Yeah. I I mean, you know, it's not for my generation to do what's to be done next Mm -hmm. because the world that will be created in the future is a world that will be created by younger people Mm. and younger people have to figure out what they need to do. But, but my only point is that you, you have to understand of what the generation before you actually accomplished.
0: Yeah, absolutely, so true. absolutely. So true. And
2: I think I think one thing that's key is um, the ignorance, and then it puts us in a comfort zone when we think we've already arrived. Yes, there have been a lot of accomplishments, but when we learn what America was built on, and how we stand in this world? Yes, we're a capitalistic country, but we also a country with a, like a high end of poverty and a and a high end of wealth, and you know. When we, when we don't know, like, that our ancestors, like uh, Dr. Harvey was speaking of, were, like, were capital. Were the, um, we were the, um what do you call it, like, the collateral for hmm. our, the, the, the founding fathers of this country to, like, um, build their houses and all these structures, these antebellum uh, plantations. You know, we've got to learn that we, ha- we still have work to do. But if we don't get that knowledge on where we've come from, then we're just going to feel like, hey, we've arrived, you know, we're straight Amen. until the next Gardner, you know, yeah. Aubrey, uh, initi- something like that happens, you know. I mean,
1: we've of- just had another situation, the situation in, in Minneapolis, which, you know, before mm-hmm. you leave, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that while um, this uh, no knock warrant in Minneapolis uh, that just occurred. Um, it is uh, gaining so much or, or garnering or getting so much attention because of the fact that it happened at ground zero. It happened in Minneapolis where George Floyd was killed and murdered. Yep. So, so you've got a situation now where this young man in his bed sleeping, uh, had a gun, but had a right to own his gun, mm-hmm. was killed by the police who charged in, no knock warrant, but yet he wasn't even the target. He wasn't the one. So another mis- quote unquote mistake made. So, you know, uh, while you mentioned that, I mean, it's, it's just like it, it doesn't that that's what it takes to get people riled up again. You know, and, and, and it's sad that
4: it takes that another death.
3: But, but you know what, Tommy? Well, that's a sad commentary. Okay,
4: excuse, excuse, may I cut you off while for a minute? That was Tonya B. Can I cut you oh, off? Go ahead. Of just go, ahead. A... go ahead. So here's the sad thing about this younger generation. You're gonna sit around and 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 not get upset until somebody is is killed and murdered senselessly? Yeah. I mean, you see, the what you have to understand is what CT Vivian understood was, is that that the goal was freedom. What Martin understood was that the goal was freedom. It wasn't integration. It wasn't really per se to be able to sit at the lunch counter. It was the wrong reason you wanted to be able to sit at the lunch lunch counter because it said you couldn't do it. And we said, well why why not? Uh, but the goal is always to be free and independent and, in, and, and, and able to take care of yourself. It's not to have, you know, a lot of money in your pocket or in your bank account or what you drive, what you ride in or what you live in. That's, that, that's not what the game is all about. The game yeah. is about is freedom. Being able to determine, you know, your life and the type of life that you want to live, uh, you know, the framers of the constitution said it correctly. They just didn't include us. They said uh every man is endowed um uh with the right to have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. They yeah. just didn't include, you know, black people in that, but mm-hmm. but that's the goal. That's what yeah. we all want. Um mm-hmm. and, and and so to me, uh, you know, they can call me boomer and call me out and say Whatever they want to say about. I'm not saying that's I, everybody, but you I, know. Understand that. that's I understand that. I understand, but I but I know. hear I hear the chatter. Yeah, you do. Um, yeah. I, uh, you know, and I am not addressing just what you said, but I know the chatter is out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you hear that chatter, and then you you have to um, get all upset when somebody dies, and then after a few months go by, you you know, all that energy is dissipated, and, and you still haven't solved. The problem, because the problem will persist as long as the cops know that they can, that they have a legal right to kill, shoot and kill any black person that they want to. The goal is, how do you stop that white individual from from thinking that he can take the life of any black person whenever he wants to? That's the goal. It's not marching in the street and saying, we want this guy's job. Hell no. What you want is to have a society where the color of your your skin is not a death warrant. Mm-hmm. That's what you want. That's what the fight is all about. You know, so, um, you know, these young uh, whippersnappers, uh, <laughs> you know, you can't tell me nothing. You can't criticize anything that we brought to the table or the yeah. old foggy ideas that you may think we have. Let me tell you one of the last things that, um, uh, CT Vivian told me about this current generation behind mm. us. Okay. He said they got it all wrong. He said they got it all wrong. And he was, I think when I asked him about it, was a year before he died. Mm-hmm. On the on the evening of his 95th birthday, I asked him what did he think about Black Lives Matters? And he said they got it all wrong. Violence is not the way. See, Vivian was so smart that he knew that he could, he knew from Selma, Alabama, if he provoked a Southern sheriff to punch him on the courthouse steps, that punch that he took without swinging back would force the um, President of the United States of America to sign a voter rights act before the end of that summer. He mm. knew that. Mm. Now you can say he was a fool for being getting hit and not fighting back, but that beating the sheriff wasn't the object. Yeah. yeah. Getting the vote for black people was the goal. And he baited. He told that sheriff told Sheriff plug that he thought he was as big he was as big a um a bigger uh racist as Hitler. And then wow. in the next breath, he turned around and told him, but you're not a bigger racist as Hitler. And that got up. So that infuriated that guy. So because he thought he was a bigger racist than Hitler. And when Vivian told him that he wasn't, it it angered him so much. So he he sucker punched it. Vivian mm-hmm. took that punch. Wow. And at the end of the summer, we had the 1965 Voters Rights Act. So, I mean, that's power. He said they got it all wrong. Mm, I like the energy, but they got it all wrong. And so Mm -hmm. there is something that you guys, uh, that that they can learn from this generation. That's all I got to say about that. Well, let me give you your applause. Definitely, without a doubt.
1: Thank you so much.
3: May I speak now? Yeah, go ahead.
1: And I can okay. hear you too. <laughs> okay. Go ahead.
3: One thing I want to say about this generation now these uh these X, X Y Z whatever you call these children now they get what I call microwave mad. The minute somebody gets hit shot or done wrong, they get mad. Just like when you take something out of a microwave, it comes out hot and then it cools off. They get mad. They go on about their business, then something happens, and they get mad again. The the thing I, I see with these young people is, unlike the C.T. Vivians and the Dr. Kings and the Joseph Lauries and those activists, they were consistent. These kids are not consistent, so nobody takes them seriously when they do get mad. Number one, number two, the reason why white folks kill us and they think they can get away with it is because of the way that we treat each other. Okay. Number two. Number three, let's talk about that. And you talk about the N-word. A lot of us know, you know, the history of that word. But you have these X's and Y's out in every other word in the rap song. is N, 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 N. And it's not a hit record till they put the N-word in there. And I had, I'm going to call her out right now. I had a young lady that worked for me. Her name was Amanda Seal. She's on Insecure and on some other. She had a uh HBO uh comedy special.
0: Mm-hmm. And
3: to this day, she gives me shade because... I basically chin checked her in a corporate environment where she was letting the end bombs fly very freely around people that don't look like us. And she told me I didn't understand the culture. I'm like, Heifer, you don't know the history <laughs> of the word, OK? Mm-hmm. Let's get that real clear right now, OK? And then I said, you know what? I said, I would have rather to have chin checked you in front of them and had you keep your job because they told me to fire you behind. But mm-hmm. I stood up for you. These young people don't know the history of sh-
1: mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, ish. OK, so, mm-hmm. you know, to that, I say so. You want to you think it's OK to drop in bombs like you dropping, you know, candy corn on the floor at Halloween. But then let somebody who's not of, you know, a black or brown persuasion say it. Then you want to fight, you know, and get your panties in a snit, and, you know, and want to, you know, Raise up and jump back and be bad when somebody else says it. They do it because they see you, you think it's it. okay. So Damn. if they do it, then I can do it and it's okay. No, yeah. the hell, it's not.
1: Yeah, so true. Here let me, me give you let me give you your applause to that, Tonya.
3: Get my pressure off. I of you know it's fun, and I'm a yes, Christian, there you go. but I'm not going to fight my tongue. <laughs> that is the problem. You microwave mad. So, you know yeah, what? Until so you stop being micromanaged mad. And like I said, you don't see John Lewis didn't stop. CT Vivian didn't stop. Yeah. Joseph Laurie didn't stop. Hell, Fannie Lou Hamer didn't stop. Mm-mm. Rosa Parks didn't stop. Mm-mm. And that's why things happen where well, they did. You saw that movie about the Montgomery bus boycott where it was con- inconvenient, but for a year, people got together. They gave people rides. They went here, they went there, and they did not take the bus. You know, these millennials out here. Five minutes after the Uber's late, they want to have a, a mental meltdown. You know, you <laughs> what
1: that right, so let me stop her right there. <laughs> Harold Michael Harvey, how can people connect with you? She didn't called out the about the Ubers. She going,
4: H <laughs> M Harvey and Harold Michael they, that's
3: they, All that they, you know, you got to meet them. That's all they understand. Yeah, they don't know yeah, anything. So they right. can't spell boycott. Half of them, they can't spell boycott. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, give it to us one more time. I, I, and, and by the way, I if you go to the podcast notes, um, your article, the uh, actual, uh, link to your articles is there as well as your website. But for the sake of the podcast, give it to us one more time in the website. One more time.
4: And the website is haroldmichaelharvey.com. My name, com. I'm a com. you know, haroldmichaelharvey.com. Um, you know, so, yeah. uh and, and you can email me at HM Harvey at com. And I love to hear from you. I love to chat with you, see what you think about what I think. And, um, Find out what's on your mind.
1: Let's Excellent. As always, and, and you know, you're a friend of the show. You can come back anytime. But we appreciate you kicking off Black History Month uh with us and uh and have a great February. You know, it's Black History Month every month for us, you know, 365. So, you know, we just acknowledge the fact that, you know, you know, the the uh, the fact that it is. you know, we've 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 got the month officially, but it's three sixty five now. Yeah, just every day, every podcast. It keep, you know what I would it say. Keeps right now? It keeps B- on going. It keeps on going. What's that, Tony
3: All you young people, you XYZ X, children out there, I challenge you to read Harold, Mil- Harold Michael Harvey's books and see what you don't know. You know, help yourself and get educated. They mm. feel like they might think, oh, he wrote Freaknik Nick Well, he was a Freaknik. No, you don't understand what he did at Freaknik to help people. Probably some of those people you went and defended back then are probably mm-hmm. alive today because of you. But all y'all want to do is party and Tootsie Roll, okay?
1: So true. Read, read a, true. a book.
3: How about that? Read a, book, kids. read a book. Read a book. Read a book yeah. if you can. Read a book. All right, y'all.
1: You, y'all give okay. it up one more time for Harold Michael Harvey. Go ahead. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and, Go ahead. And if you're in Macon, Georgia, on uh, February the 16th, uh, I'll be speaking over at um, uh, Mill Georgia College. Mill uh, Georgia State, State Georgia University. State University. Uh, in Macon, <laughs> Better get it right <laughs> off of uh, Eisenhower Parkway. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be a, a special treat. Um yeah. In fact, I'm planning something special. Don't tell but- nobody. Uh, <laughs> no, no. I no, no, <laughs> said, all right,
1: y'all, okay, y'all give he, it up me. Y'all okay, give it up again yeah. right. before you mess up. Give it up again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> all right, y'all, let's take a break and we'll come back with that tea from Taiyu We'll be right back, y'all. Yeah. Okay.
0: Tea. It's tea time, y'all. Sipping the tea with Tanya B.
3: Okay, okay. My pressure's down now. First of all, I want to start off, and this is just in, right as we uh, you know, come to the podcast. Uh, any of, Again, those of you that have skin in the game, you, and you know anything about the soul music that came out of Memphis, Tennessee back in the 60s and 70s, then you'll join me in mourning the loss of Sil Johnson singer selena johnson but you know and he came up out of that 1960s 70s Memphis, i call it the memphis soul stew okay you catch that t if you're old enough but uh Syl johnson wrote songs like here i come back for a taste of your love dress is too short and he wrote a song that young people need to go and listen to and it's called is it because i'm black that came out around like 1968 or so tommy you remember that song is it because i'm black by Sil johnson just shake your head yes or no? um <laughs> okay and um He was sampled by a lot of artists, everybody from De La Soul to Michael Jackson, he actually sued to get his royalties and I don't blame him. But uh, you know, he also came up out of that camp uh in the late sixties, early seventies with Willie Mitchell and High Records, which was the home of Al Green, again, independent label. Um, so you know, we just send out our prayers and and you know, positive vibes to Selena Johnson, her sister Salisha. In the Johnson family, So Johnson was 85 years old. And if you remember, uh, if you want to catch So Johnson, he was quite a colorful character. There were two episodes that the family did on Iyala Fix My Life and Iyala Van Zant Chin Check So Johnson. I love that part. So rest in peace to So Johnson. All right. Now good, deal, good deal. Good to- deal. No, go ahead, whole, go ahead. You know, the whole Super Bowl thing. I know we talked about the thing with buying Flores and now all, you know, the, the, the NFL has a real, really bad PR problem right now. You've got the Super Bowl is coming up. And it's funny, this is the blackest Super Bowl I think we've ever had. You've got uh, Mary Mary singing the Negro. I hate to say the Negro. Lift every voice and sing. You've got Janae Ieko, and I guess we'll see if she can sing. Uh, and then you've also got the country sensation. This young lady, Mickey Guyton, is really turning the country music world on its ear. And I mean, she she got she's a she's a keeper. So they're going to be performing. Uh, you know, you've got the Super Bowl halftime show, which you have all talked about. With you know, and now there's some some morons out there saying that it's un-American for the NFL to have. Dr. Dwayne and Kenneth Lamar performed the Super Bowl. Maybe
1: Why? Why? What's un-American about?
3: <laughs> you know what it is? That's a narrative that they can't control. Hear me? No, no, Hear no, me? really, really. I mean, really. Look, look at it like this. What's uh, un-American, I guess, because they still think of, you know, gangster rap and, you know, F the police. And oh, and Lord. Cop, well, well, look at, look
1: like at, that. Look at what some of these artists, I mean, the history of the, the, the performers oh, on exactly. the Super Bowl, you know, and and, and some of the crimes and, and some of the things they have not been punished for. Uh, so right. no, no, come on.
3: Exactly. Come on. Yeah. And, and I think the also, also another thing is if you look at the collective economic power of these mm-hmm. five people, I know Eminem, I guess he gets a Robin Thicke bus pass or whatever. But yeah. even if you took him out of the equation, the economic power and the global appeal of artists like Dr. Drain Snoop, who appeal to a lot of suburban white, Kids.
1: Yes. Um, that's, know, think, that's how they made their money in the 90s. Yes,
3: yeah, right. And I think <laughs> you that know? they're, yeah, right, they're so, afraid of that. Oh, my God. Oh, Lord. So it's no, going to be interesting. On, and, you on. know, and again, I still think this whole Belichick thing uh, was not an accident. I think he did it on purpose. And he's opened up that can of worms. So I hope he has his house in order because up and through what I've heard, allegedly that when all of this greasy behavior is brought to the surface that he may be involved in it, as well as Tom Brady, who for two weeks got kicked off the national headlines by on the East Coast, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm. So, you know, we shall, we shall see. I don't care who's playing. All I know is halftime show, and I'm making a seafood boil. Okay, now let's talk about uh, film and TV. You got Colin Kaepernick is actually doing a documentary produced by uh, Jamel Hill, formerly of ESPN, on Colin Kaepernick, and it kind of picks up you know, after the Netflix situation where it's like, you know, he is a biracial child raised and adopted by white people. And this particular documentary on um, not just his mixed race heritage but him going from high school going
1: yeah and this college, is this is supposed going to go to the NFL. Yeah whereas you had the Netflix is scripted this is unscripted and this yeah, is the exactly. directed by Spike Lee too right Spike is by Jamel
3: Hill yes that should be interesting. Yeah. So I wonder how know how much of the actual of you know, the blackballing they're gonna show that they, that was that's still being done to Cap, you know, because he took a knee for a lot of things that again these microwave kids are getting mad about today.
1: Okay. But let me let me make an observation though. Um, make an observation. You know, when it, when it comes down to this, this week with Flores, one of the things I admired about him coming out like this was the fact that he showed up on Monday morning. You know what I'm saying? He had his attorneys with him, but he was there. You know what I'm yeah. saying? He, he was there making the rounds on today, all the talk shows on Rev Al this weekend. He's out front with these allegations and that was, you know, that was my not that was my challenge with Cap. You know, I've always said in the beginning, I wish that he would have actually been out there like Flores is out there. I wish he yes. had been out there just like that, and you know, what, more I, more, I, more I, of a spokesperson. Yeah, it's good that he's what, doing this now. But I think if he had did this in the beginning, it would have had more impact. Oh, yeah. But I I'll leave it at that. Not that Flores, he was wrong. I never said he was no, wrong, oh no, 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 but no. but I just wish he had been more out front. But, you
3: know, uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of receipts Flores starts to put, especially when it comes back to, you know, throwing the games for, you know, six figures to lose this game and that. And, you know, and and if that is the case, of course, the owners are going to deny it, but I don't think he's the only one that was presented, you know.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you've got got Hugh, um, what's his name, Hugh Jackson, who uh, was with Cleveland for years, has, has made allegations allegedly uh, there there are few coaches who I mean, you know, this thing runs deep. And and it's funny. I I'd hope that uh that that uh, K dub had made it this show because you know K Dub is, is our lead conspiracist. He's the conspiracy oh, theory yeah. king. Oh yeah You know <laughs> So he had conspiracy Everything theories. The
3: conspiracy.
1: But he had more conspiracy theories about these wins and losses and these games than than anybody. So I'm sure he's like over there just, you know. Shaking his head, but but one more thing, and then I want to move from this because I, I I promise we wouldn't. There's so much that needs to come out, and and uh, you know I don't want to spend a whole show on it. But mm-hmm. one of the things about Flores, he's a you know he's a first gen. His parents were immigrants from, from from he's what Honduran, okay. He went to private schools, you know he 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 had a level of privilege. I think that a typical black, blackity, black, black coach, you know, somebody who just, you know, hood, multiple generations, didn't have. So when this happened to him, it was even more of a shock. Whereas, you know, if somebody like me, you, you know, who's seen it or or felt it and dealt with it most of our lives, we wouldn't be as shocked by it. Not, you know, not saying that we wouldn't do what he did, but I think that because I don't I don't I don't know. I mean it's hard to say. I mean it'd be interesting to hear from, you know, someone with his type of background because I, I think that they don't always see what America has been about until it happens to them dirty in, their face. Dirty in their face. That dirty
3: little secret, yeah. You know, I also I also think because of him uh, with the allegation of, you know, game fixing, I wonder, because it's happening in college sports, and I'm sure there are some players who were probably given money to, you know, to throw a game as well. So, you know, this is, it's a can of worms. It's a can of worms. That's oh, a huge I can. can. I mean,
1: and, and, you know, and for it to happen now, Tanya B is massive. This is the biggest platform with the Super Bowl, this is international. This is much bigger. If it had happened maybe during the summer uh, preseason, probably not as big, but considering that it's happening right before the Super Bowl, what a platform. What a stage
3: so we'll see also want to tell you if you haven't checked it out if you have Amazon Prime yes they are raising their prices but they have a three-part documentary called Fat Tuesday it's the uh, I guess the intersection if you will of hip-hop in the 90s and comedy produced by Reginald Hudlin, who gave us House Party and Barbie. Guy Tory so it's, it's very interesting how a lot of these comedians that are really a A-R, you know on our A list like the Bernie Max and the Steve Harvey's and the Bill Bellamy's and all those guys from Def Comedy Jam they got their start at Fat Tuesday at the a comedy store at night when they thought nobody would come out and mm-hmm. it was the most highly attended night that they had there you know and again if you think about it, hip-hop in the 90s just like deaf comedy jam that, there was a marriage there so i think it's worth watching so check that out mm-hmm. i also um i have a dvr i'm gonna you know no spoiler alert because i gotta go watch it tonight but did you watch the most recent installment of uh abc soul of a nation about no. the black actresses in hollywood
1: no, I've not seen it. I've no. seen
3: bits of it, but I mean, it's just uh, all these iconic roles and iconic actresses. And I think that they didn't do them justice because they should have given it more than 45 minutes because our black actresses have made many more accomplishments than could fit into 45 minutes. You've got everybody from, you know, Halle Berry. You got Marla Gibbs. You got Debbie Allen. You got Tessa Thompson. Even Jackie Harry talked you know, just talking about their struggles and, you know, a few of their triumphs. And even Halle Berry said even though she won an Oscar, she still had to prove herself for any role that she's ever gotten. And that's why a lot of these black actresses are starting to produce, you know, and even some of them will, like, you know, put their houses up as collateral to mortgage to get these films made because you always had somebody like a Harvey, the Perv Weinstein, you yeah. know, who would block what they were doing. Yeah. So they're, you know, doing it on their own. So, you know, please check that out. Soul of a Nation. But
1: you know what? Let me Let me, you know, black actresses, in my opinion, and still Tanya B are the most disrespected uh people oh, in Hollywood. Absolutely. And the reason oh, I say that absolutely. is because they've done so much um and and they still don't get paid. And and even and the reason I say that is when you you can go to Forbes, you can go to the Forbes top 10 list. And you'll only see maybe top twenty, maybe two, maybe two. Okay, oh black women, and that's ridiculous. I'm, I'm talking about yeah. Forbes when it comes down to black actresses. Absolute, yeah, and absolutely. And then you look at the top five, and you see these young. Actresses in the top three—these young white actresses who really—Jennifer Aniston, I mean, who ain't
3: had a hit. They, movie since they, she left you friends. know,
1: they do the same the same type of roles every movie. Jennifer, Anderson. you know, it's pretty perfect, much. Perfect well, you favorite. know, Aniston's one of them, yeah. but but there's so it's many, exactly. uh, and you know, that you bro- see. Oh yeah, Tom
3: Cruise. What's her name? Tom Cruise girl. But what but, but
1: you'll, only see, you'll only see you'll uh, only see you know Viola Davis maybe. Um, mm-hmm. Hallie has has barely. You know, but it's, it's just, you know, in, in the Weinstein, the whole Me Too situation. Um, it benefited the white actresses a whole lot more again than than it benefited benefited the black actresses. Microwave
3: mad, black people get they all they were all mad. Vivica Fox, they were mad. All those those girls, it's more like it's
2: it's institutional racism that we've got to, oh, no, it's it's gonna take more than one of us. You know, it's we got to sit down and we got to plan, and so and that's that's only
3: right. (laughs) Luckily, Viola Davis, who struggled for years and probably still struggling, she can go get a coin and she can bankroll her own movie. Queen Latifah, multiple streams of income. I mean, really, when she came up, she had to find ways to get her coin to do what she does. A lot of these people, I don't think Tessa Thompson, although, you know, she's had some great roles, I don't see that she's got the coin like a Viola Davis or a Queen Latifah or even a Debbie Allen to be able to fund their own projects. So that's why a lot of them are starting now to pool their resources and their finances to try to get things done because otherwise it's probably not going to happen. So. Just well, I'm, so, I'm, I'm just here to I tell know. you though,
1: Tanya B, on the real, on the real, and and I've been saying this even when we started, when we were reporting, you know, years ago on on the whole the the Harvey Weinstein situation, you know, even though there, there, there's been some, um, uh, I, I, I guess some some uh, compensation, um, I still don't think black women have benefited from the Me Too movement in no, Hollywood. No. Nowhere no, near, and, nowhere Toronto near. Burke,
3: yeah, Toronto Burke, no t, no shade. So, um, so you got a
1: lot of these women who still are not in the top 10 when it comes down to Forbes and, and the roles. They can say all they want when it comes down to box office, but you know, a lot of these women who are in the top 10 haven't seen a box office hit, and you know, since uh, you know, what, what. <laughs> <laughs> you know, since, since the new millennial
3: hills, since Melrose place, <laughs> since friends, let's move on. So, now. so,
1: you know, so I'll leave it at that. Um, what you got next?
3: Um, one, the, one thing, are you ready for The uh, the Color Purple, the movie musical? Back I on guess. board again. I'm Oprah, Steven Spielberg, Quincy Jones. But it's going to be an int- interesting cast because you've got Fantasia reprising the role of Celia that she played on Broadway. You've got, uh, again, another one who's, I you know, in The Good Fight, too, as well. Taraji P. Henson is in the movie. Danielle Brooks, who played Mahalia Jackson in the Lifetime movie. Um, and her, her is going to make her uh, big-screen debut. She's playing the character Squeak, so not going to come until cool. the end of 2023, but you know, it'll be interesting to see how this movie again, I mean, you know how the original movie was ball back in the day. Now, yeah, because, because
1: Spielberg at- directed it and they felt that there should have been more black
3: direction involved. Well, I said involved in, you know, and uh, I think Whoopi Goldberg is going to be involved in some way or another. So it'll be interesting to see the parallel of the color purple 1996 and the color purple 2023. Okay. Well,
1: let me say in 2022, y'all got plenty of time to get this right. Don't mess it up because West Side Story, and this is going to be a musical, you yeah. know, this is going to be a musical. You so know, take again, notes from, you know, take you, notes from how West Side Story right. went bad.
3: <laughs> that was about take notes. the Latina population. Now we got another, uh, you know, a black and brown movie coming over here. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But one thing I'm absolutely positively ready for is mm-hmm. this is supposed to be the ultimate documentary, um, not just on the sound of Philadelphia. Because when you hear that, you think of Kenny Gamble, Leon Huff. There was another person that was very than that. And they were called the Mighty Three. That was Gamble, Huff and Tom Bell who wrote a lot of the uh, hits with the Delphonics. He did the stylistics in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So all all of those. So it's really, I really hope they do it justice. And I'm ready for that because I I love a good music documentary. But yeah. And you think of all the people that came from outside of Philadelphia. They came mm-hmm. from all over the world just to record in Philadelphia. So people you know,
1: was so smooth,
3: man. Yeah, there's something that was just in the, the era. In the, in the water going down Broad Street oh. where is where the TSOP studios were, you know, that yeah. still was there today. And I think, you know, it's part of the global culture because I listen to a, a station over in the UK called retro soul radio. And I can't mm-hmm. tell you how much music that they play from the TSOP and a lot of music that you never even heard over in this country. There's much, much more of an appreciation, like the three degrees who we know from yeah. the voices of TSOP and, you know, dirty old man, when can I see you again? They were, mm-hmm. 10 times more popular overseas and can yeah. do arenas and stadiums. But over here, they were doing like the Sugar Shack Club. So it, it'll be interesting. And, well, and, and, TSOP,
1: let me say, you can go to um, Amazon Music has a uh, TSOP playlist. And 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 I'm telling you, that sound is just so plush, man. And, you know, it was a difference, I guess, between you being in the Northeast or North versus South, you know, well, I don't you know but when it came down to sound. But I'm, I'm here to tell you, I mean, it was the smoothest sound you know, on Earth, big orchestra it? that was oh, they i could use, listen to that all day man listen, i listen they to that all day
3: real musicians that that yeah. the, rather than what's oh, yeah. out here now real musicians and also give it up to our earl young the drummer from the train from the TSOP drummer who was the one that invented what they call that four on the floor beat mm-hmm. that a lot of people try to imitate but didn't really quite get it so i i hope this will be the ultimate and you know you can't go wrong with a gambling they could sing the phone book, and and there were those songs before TSOP in the seventies came out. They did remember that song, to "Your Heart." I know, why I know you weren't born, sister.
1: You're going too deep for me. You're going no, too deep th- for me. The Soul Survivors. Don't that worry that about a while. To your heart. I'm not <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Expressway, <laughs> Gambling, Expressway to your heart. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Express. Gamblin, yeah. Gambling Huff wrote T. that. Yeah. They also wrote. Remember all those. <laughs> Um, hits from the uh, Cowboys oh, yeah. to Girls uh, Cowboys back the in girl. the day. Hey, that's like the album. YL, YL. The Intruders. That,
1: what, that's the album, you know, the late night. No, brother, you, you got to your get your own. own.
3: Yeah, yeah. Cowboys <laughs> yeah.
2: to Girls. Yeah. I, I remember okay. that. I don't, you yeah. know, I didn't live
3: through
2: remember. it.
3: I remember. Yeah, Shoot them so. up. Bang bang. <laughs> bang, Bang. Yo, We have not been inhaling anything, but yeah. So you know, again, so they take it back to that. You know, there was a lot that Gamble and Huff put out before you know the whole. this I guess that sound of Philly really exploded. So to speak. Oh, that you sound
1: know? was awesome. But I still yeah. love it. I still yeah. love it. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. what, what yeah. else you got? What else? And
3: then I want to tell you, um, we're gonna go. Okay, I'll be real quick. No, take your, time. take your
1: time, take your no. time, take your time.
3: The Secrets of Playboy, I stumbled upon this by accident. It's on A&E, and they talk about you, Hefner. You know, he was, oh, I'm, you know, pro-woman, pro-this, pro-that. He was a narcissist. Um, he was actually not, you know, he had this reputation that he wanted to protect. So what he would do, no matter who came to that Playboy mansion back in the 60s and 70s, he recorded everything. So that's why mm. you never heard anything bad about Playboy, because he would dangle, oh, I got this on tape about you, so you can't do this to me. Again, you know, when you have somebody who, you know, grown man,
0: Hmm.
3: at that time he was divorced from his first wife. But the thing that really turned my, two things turned my stomach. One was when he attempted to have a threesome with his current girlfriend at the time and his best friend's teenage daughter. I'm like, okay, he's a pedophile, right? Okay, exactly. You know, that and the fact that he would try to clean everything up. And a lot of those women were not protected. A lot of them were, you know, well, why'd you go there? A lot of them were young came from, you know, Bumble, Wyoming, no team buddy in Wyoming, you know, looking for the big time. And that at that time was a very hard to get, very prestigious job, but they were not treated right. The mm-hmm. other thing that one of the um, female executives said, had Hefner lived a few more months, he would have been caught up in the Me Too movement to the level of like a Harvey Weinstein. That's how much crap was going on there. So, you know, it's much bigger than Bill Cosby. They even put Don Cornelius on blast and some of the things that that, that he uh, was alleged to have woman at the Playboy Mansion, took him to his house and his Rolls Royce, and you know, men would do things like that to women. They would, you know, rape, uh, assault, uh, you know, sodomize, and they would get away with it and they said, you know, well, if you do this, then we're going to take away your Playboy key. And they said, Don Cornelius and everybody else, not just him, not just Bill Cosby, a lot of people that people were probably holding very high esteem, you know, are back and they doing the same thing. So I would say it was interesting to watch. So you Hefner is not...
1: Well, too little, too late. They're dead.
3: Right. Yes. right, right, right. Yeah. A lot of people in the, in, that they talk about are dead, but they can't just. But just to show just how much of a narcissist this man really was, and how much of a fake he was, you know what? Would make, let him burn. Let, just they really you
2: know, they, they were burn. they were really sex trafficking. Honestly, they really were. They really yeah. were. Yeah,
3: yeah. they were sending them from city to city and country to country. Yeah, and they would say, "Well, you know, you could you weren't supposed to. You couldn't touch the girls in the club, but if you caught him out back in the alley, those some of those girls were getting raped and. Wow. Oh no! Here's the gag: they wouldn't rape them like you know what what we know rape to be. This is the thing: they would sodomize them so they wouldn't get them pregnant and they couldn't talk. Now, oh, that's, that's not. Crazy. Sick. I don't know what it is. That's
1: they crazy. They okay. Move on, so, Tony. Yeah. I know. It's, I don't it's, want to. Eat, I, you know, I don't want no, to hear them say, up It's up. not
3: in defense of Bill Cosby and Don mm-hmm. It's way bigger Man, than them. them. They up put up them, up. them out there to, to cover up their other crap that they were doing. Okay, let's yeah, talk. What about. you got next? Um, real quick. You got
1: enough. You got the garbage at the bottom. Go
3: ahead. I'll just say Nick um you know he's not celibate he's not listening to his therapist do you know before baby zen died in december that's the one with Alyssa scott um the baby that died he was already he had already gotten johnny manzel's ex-wife pregnant but she's looking for a check because um, now johnny's money has gone and she done moved on and now he's trying to you know backpedal and apologize because he claims it came out in the press before he could tell all of them and Alyssa scott you know what i know you know you know what you were signing up for honey because he i mean he just After that baby was buried, he moved on because he already had somebody else pregnant before he knew baby Zem was going to (laughs) die. Allegedly, my ass, I saw the pictures. But (laughs) anyway, here's the thing. You know, you you know, you think about all these women, you know, that have these babies and for the most part, they're healthy. But Alyssa Scott had a baby that had, you know brain cancer at a very young age and she's still going through it and he has left her and moved on. So they don't think about the part about what if the baby is not completely healthy. So now she's struggling, she's got postpartum and she's, you know, she's really going through it. Plus you've got no, COVID and the other things that are going on. And, you know, I think he just, he's going to have to apologize to his kids because when these kids grow up, they're going to see all this. So if they don't mess with him and they leave him after he can't work 10 jobs a day, because like I said, okay, you've got eight kids. It's 24 hours in a day. You've got 10 jobs. It's not just about sending money. What kind of father, hands-on father could he possibly ever hope to be? He can't do it. I got you. All right. Well, yeah, cool. Let's
1: let's wrap it with with, this.
3: No, and what I just, I got to say this and we, I meant to mention it last week, you know, about how mental health is really affecting people. You know, you've got Regina King's son who committed suicide. Um, Everyone's still talking about Chesley Chris, the former Miss USA who had the appearance of having it all, you know, law degree, MBA, you know, high profile TV job. And she suffered in silence and she jumped off the 29th floor of a building in New York. And then you know another thing that really had made I guess a lot of not national headline news, but again this mental health piece is very very important. I know we have um, the 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 brother that has the mental health show on this network, which mm-hmm. I would encourage. And, and uh, yeah, Vince is going to be on. And, uh,
1: he'll be on the show in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, Vince and the I'm voice. Most, you know, yeah. right?
3: If you ever heard, this is a a brother who's the mayor of Heightsville. Maryland is outside of uh, D.C. and PG County. I think he was 36 years old and he put a gun to his head and committed suicide. And he was the mayor. And one of the things he always wanted to do was help people and make a difference. So, you know, I just say check on people because what you see is not always what you get. These folks were struggling and, you know, they all took their lives and, you know, they were all. Between what twenty six and thirty six years old, and that's really sad. So you know, people, it's okay if not okay, and you know, don't don't look at famous people and go, well, they they they, you know, don't look at Kanye, don't look at Nick Cannon, don't look at Lil Uzi Vert, you know, don't look at these rappers. Kodak Black got a song out now called Gremlins about glorifying taking fentanyl, which is part of what killed Michael K. Williams. Who, by the way, they arrested the guys that sold him the drugs. So you you can't listen to these. These children, again, microwave mad. And then they go, oh, that's not. You know what? Yeah, it is your right to express yourself, but don't, I don't condone horrifying yeah, yeah. things like taking fentanyl. We all know Kodak Black's dumb as a box of rocks anyway. I'm yeah, dumb.
1: I agree. I agree. Good stuff. Thank you, Tanya B. And, and a couple, just a couple of real quick things and we'll take a break. Uh, Janet Jackson documentary, documentary truly impressive. Um, hopefully, you know, again, you know, we'll keep you up to date on, on tour. And, and by the way, five, what is a couple, just a couple of days ago on Friday, as we tape on a Sunday, um, 36 years ago, she'd released, uh, Control. So, so kudos and kudos to Janet. uh, I did get a
2: chance to watch that too.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing. It is it is without a doubt Imagine amazing. Imagine what
3: she didn't say. I mean, we don't really need to see the baby or the estranged husband because we don't we don't you know they don't. I mean, I I respect her right to you know privacy because people are crazy now. But we're yeah, checking yeah. for that that estranged husband. I really even forgot his name. But it's just yeah. very interesting to see. You know, she got this ratings they've had in. I mean, oh yeah,
1: without just, a doubt. Uh, did you did you expect it not McCann. to? <laughs> no, <laughs> did you expect it not no, Janet, she yeah.
3: did the damn thing. I got to give it to her. Let's see what happens with Bobby Brown on May third. Yeah,
1: yeah, coming up in May. Fantasia, Danielle Brooks again. You mentioned the Color Purple movie. Uh, that's confirmed. Um, and. Uh, you know, you, people who should go, Joe Rogan, without a doubt, I'm not gonna go into it in depth. Uh Jeff Zucker, glad to see him leave CNN. I and know. and you know, if and and if Nick Cannon wants to continue getting the bag uh for the masked singer, he can't have people like Rudy Giuliani. On I, the show. I, what, and that's all like that's all I'm that's all, I, that's all I'm not even what? gonna go into it. I'm not gonna justify it. No, can I just I don't want to say, say any more Tanya B about it. I'm no, just saying I no. applaud I don't applaud Ken it. Jones. Don't do it.
3: You know, yeah.
1: Without a yeah, doubt, yeah. he should have and walked out. Know, and,
3: yeah, and, and it wasn't the black folks that walked out; it was white. At I'm sorry, Robin Thicke's that walked out. So it just goes to show you, it's not just people of color yeah. that think he's dumb as a bug, bed bug? Yeah. yeah. So,
1: so I'll um, leave it at that. You know, but uh, you know, appreciate your time, you Tanya b. Let's take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back. I just want got one quick thing uh, before we wrap the show, and uh, but let's go to a quick break. Here we go, y'all. Here we All go. All right. You know, just one thing uh, I do want to talk about, but I want to have Mr. Harvey probably come on and and someone who is um, a police specialist when it comes down to a lot of these things that are happening uh, with no police reform. Um, You know, in a way, the new police shooting, uh, the new debacle in Minneapolis, just points to the fact that we need police reform. Um, With this happening in Minneapolis, Ground Zero, um, you know, just. You know, I, I guess our prayers go up to, you know, the family of Amir Locke. Uh, during a no-knock entry, police murdered him. And I'd say murdered uh, in the case, uh, you know, you can have a gun in your household. Uh, the big thing here is, uh, and they have the body cam to show that he was shot and killed. According to the attorneys, he wasn't even the target of the no-knock. And, and, and that's, you know, the biggest problem I have with a lot of these situations is, and when you look at the press conference with the police chief uh, or the police officials, it's almost as if, well, you know, we made a mistake. Let's, you know, let's come together as a community and move on. But, you know, how many times you, how many times we got to move on? And my whole point is with what we're going on and have going on in the country right now, you know, we were promised police reform. We were promised uh, promised the fact that, uh, you know, we'd see some type of voter protection. Um, you know, and and I'm not just going to point at one man at the top. I mean, this collectively is a problem that uh, you know that the community, our communities, need to see. Um, without these reforms, you know, without the fact that there's no database for problematic police in this country, I'm not against the police. I don't think anybody. I'm not on the podcast is is uh, is looking to see abolishing the police but we want to know when they're bad police in our community. We want a, a database so that we won't just keep recycling, you know, you know, these, these bad, awful police, because all they do is just go from district to district with a new job. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if you looked at the background of whoever made this, I'm not even going to say this mistake. I don't even going to say it's I'm not going to say it. Um, this situation, I, I, I guarantee you that uh, this situation was uh, caused by somebody who has a long history of making this type of egregious error. And and I'll leave it at that. We'll keep you posted. Again, our, our prayers go up to the family of Amir Locke, 22-year-old asleep in his bed, holding his gun, and no knock, boom, they just kill him in bed. So, you know, we, we can't continue to see this happen in our community. Yeah, but you remember there yeah. were two
3: no-knocks here in Georgia. There was one when they went to, went to the wrong house and they killed like an 80-plus-year-old woman here in Georgia.
1: Yeah. They thought yeah. they
3: were doing a drug raid. And they remember that moment, that little, they call them baby bam or whatever. They did the no-knock and threw the grenade in and went into the baby's crib and disfigured his face. It's horrible. Yeah. And,
1: and you've, again, no database, no accountability, no level of oversight. It's hard. Even
3: Breonna Taylor. Oh, we made no. one, a clerical error. It should no. have been sixty three, and we hit sixty four. So they went in there and killed that girl because the address was. Yeah. You know, there's no accountability for it. And again, they're gonna yeah. keep killing us because we can't stop killing ourselves. Let's. We won't even talk about Chicago. Yeah, Dude, yeah. I'm
1: not. I'm not even gonna get into that part. You know, fix They need to fix. Well, it. They've been killing
2: <laughs> us before. We've been killing ourselves too, and so, that's a part of why we're killing ourselves.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's so, so true. So true. Hey, y'all, go to castropolis.net uh, forward slash this is the G podcast. Everything you need is there. You know, give us your feedback. Please uh, share the show, as always. Uh got to say a big thanks again to um, Harold Michael Harvey. Uh, thank you so much, Mr. Harvey. Let me give him his cheers.
0: <laughs>
1: Definitely. Thank you so much, Mr. Harvey. And, and you can go to. Uh, The every episode uh, that we actually air um, on the page, his website is there. So if you forget the email address, forget how to contact him, it's there. Uh, Again, please check out uh, the new mix show, uh, Castropolis.net, Throwback Alley, Classic R&B Clubhouse, you name it. Um, And when you listen to the Birdwire, Saturday nights, 8 p.m. to midnight, leave it on. And uh, from midnight to 6 a.m. I know y'all don't sleep. I know y'all pass out by 10 o'clock, but still, you know you know, and, uh, and definitely check out my boy, Rob Redding, uh, Redding news review every Sunday from noon to two. And right after that, from two to six, you can check out Rob, check me out. Cause, uh, we replay the, um, uh, throwback alley. Okay.
2: Tommy B, Hi, before, before you yeah, close out, I thought, I thought yeah, you guys go were ahead. going to, um, touch bases on, uh, whoopy, Goldberg.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Whoopi. um, Real quick on Whippy, um, how do you say it? I, you know, I, I, I will say, Whippy should leave. Um, I think she's 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 served her time on the View, and I don't think she needs the View anymore. You know, I think her mu- her her movie and appearance career continues to thrive. I, I just don't think um, you know. I think by them suspending her, I think she did enough to apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, and she she uh, emotionally and and sincerely apologized. Um, I, you know, if I were her, I'd walk away from the show. I wouldn't stay. Yeah.
3: I don't think it won't survive. I mean, they they haven't been able to replace Kooky, Megan McCain, and I think if she were to walk away from that show, that would be the end of the view.
1: Yeah, I'd leave. I'd get up out of there. You
3: know?
2: And then she didn't really say anything wrong. I think there's just, like, this red... Flag or this red light that comes up anytime some race or just, you know, like keywords that trigger, oh, this is insensitive because. Well, you know, it, you you know. know I'm going
1: to say this. I'm going to say this while considering Whoopi's connections and her relationships over her showbiz career, mm-hmm. um, you know, and she came back and apologized. But Whoopi should have known. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Whoopi has been in show business. She's been in business. She's been in show business long enough. And, and you know, I think she responded as she should have responded. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I honestly think this might be. And I, I honestly, I think she's been looking for a way
3: out. It, it was just words. You have to watch how you use your words. And, you know, it's one thing when somebody says something once and they sincerely apologize. Then you got people out here like, we are not even talk about that boy on Spotify, but other people consistently and I go, oh, sorry mm-hmm. sorry sorry sorry, and then you say okay you know what if you think you can say this and all you gotta do is say I'm sorry and you're not sincere about it then yeah. you can go kick rocks you know I don't think Whoopi Goldberg has you know a long record like some of those other people do no not at you all don't anything no. but again no. it's when, it's one thing when you do it one time but it's yeah. some it's something else when you do it once a day and with that said you know the the number of podcasts that Spotify is taking down by Tim, um, you know, is increasing. And now they said, you know, as artists want to take their music down on Spotify, it's more difficult to do that when you don't own your mattress, especially. But what has also happened is that now, um, subscribers are camping Spotify. So that's down 20%. So, you know, unless they're going to, they're not going to care people will get mad for a minute and go away. But when you hit them in the pocketbook, yeah, that's the that's only way to make them listen. Absolutely. So,
1: uh, why I'm gonna let that be your last, your, your final thought on what okay get I yeah,
3: know Well, well,
1: we gonna and I'll go. I'll go to you, Tanya B. What you got on the final tip?
3: I'm done. <laughs> what okay. I'm, need I say anymore? Watch no. Fat Tuesday. <laughs> no, you, know, you want therapy? Watch Fat Tuesday on Amazon Prime. I'm not getting anything from them, and I'm pissed because the subscription's going up. But check out Fat Tuesday. It'll help. You gotcha. you gotcha. read a book, young people. Read a book. Read a book if you can. Hey,
1: give They're us some audio. poetic piece, while We'll take whatever you got. Go for it. Just go.
2: If these railroads could tell stories, percentage of our pains would be unburied. Metro Atlanta towns all around. East Point, Decatur, Lovejoy, and Reynolds Town. Each one has tracks that run through. On them, large apparatus that goes, choo, choo. Industrial Revolution, a huge breakthrough. But behind that shit lies a lot of voodoo. It made soldiers out of the ancestors, me and you. We're built to last and can show, not tell that that is true. Foundation that we build will last until 2000 plus two light years and that's a fact. We're just like that, universal, no need for rehearsal. Our style is unique, take note when you critique cause we're bad. Thoughts we have, you wish you had. Antidotes to help you cope, open your mind and join the crew. What works for us might not work for you. More time left to make our dreams come true. Why do we do the things we do? <laughs> I'll stop it right there.
0: Good stuff. Good stuff. Yes.
1: Appreciate you, Wild. Appreciate you while i on with that. You're Episode welcome. 16. Yeah, 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 yeah. Episode 16 is in the can, y'all. And we are out of here.
0: Peace. You've been listening to The G Podcast with your host, Tommy B. The G Podcast is a production of the Castropolis Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.